0: That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up today.
1: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 4th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. We have the PitcherList meetup this weekend. We are going to the commissioner on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. It's in New York City in Brooklyn. It's on 5th Avenue between Garfield and Carroll Street, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be outside. So even if you're not 21, you can hang out. Just don't drink beer, of course. But we would love to meet you. You're going to meet Pitchal staff. A lot of members of the community will be there from like 4 to 8. And just come on by. Uh, if you're curious about it, just send me a tweet at um, Pitcherless, and I'll give you more information. We also have, of course, an article on the site outlining more about it. But just come hang out, and it's going to be a great time. The meet meetup this Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, May 6th, but alright, Brandon fought, oh boy, after a day of wonderful prospects, we got some bad ones, Brandon fought 4.2 innings, 7 earned runs, 9 hits, 1 walk, 3 Ks, a couple things to note here, 1, against the Rangers, 2, we do not start guys in their MLB debuts, we don't do that, that isn't us, 3, his stuff was worse, <laughs> this wasn't the Brandon fought that I expected, As everything before the season started said, look, really good fastball at the top of the zone, and then this really good slider. This year in AAA, we were seeing, hey, 85 stuff plus. That's the number that I've been seeing a lot. That's how he was in the minors, and that was kind of confirmed to me, where he was throwing 93 and not really hitting his locations with it, and just was not the pitch I wanted it to be for Brandon fought. Now, he does get the Marlins next. It's a much better situation. You don't have the MLB debut. You don't have the Rangers to deal with. All of these things together make it so that that fought start could be very good against the Marlins. So I am not dropping him now. However, he is a tier below all the other prospects we've seen: the two Millers, Bybee, and I, uh, and the other guy, Logan Allen, <laughs> Taj Bradley, when he does come up as well. Right? Brandon fought is a tier below because that fastball is not as good as I wanted it to be. Um, Same kind of thing for Gavin Stone. He disappointed massively yesterday against the Phillies. I don't think he has a good fastball. His changeup is a very good pitch, but it's good as a number two. And he doesn't have that that number one fastball. It could be a much better game. Again, moving forward with a better matchup. I honestly don't feel like I need to hold on to Gavin Stone. Now, actually, I would consider stashing Bobby Miller because I think that the Dodgers will be aggressive with him. Considering how Stone isn't really exceptional... And they really should not be having Noah Syndergaard in that rotation. There's J.P. Sears, though. He did excellent work against the Mariners. Went six innings, zeroed runs, four it, two walks, and seven Ks. 17 whiffs as he earned 12 of them across 49 four-seamers. That's insane. He had amazing sliders as well. The thing that's nuts is that his locations were fine. They weren't amazing, but it was just in the zone. And we've been saying this. He has a new fastball and he has a new slider. And those pitches are better than we've expected. I like his next start against the Yankees because they're obviously struggling with their offense. That's cool. He gets the Rangers and Astros after that. So you can pick up Sears, starting for the Yankees, and then we can talk after that. Kyle Freeland did well against the Brewers, and I just, <laughs> whatever. Coors is undefeated. Do not get suckered into this one. Zach Granke, this is the funniest thing to me. He went five innings, zero earned in runs, got the win against the Brewers. Three hits, zero walks, five Ks, eight whiffs, 27% CSW. I'm sorry, seven whiffs. 32% CSW, uh, 3Ks, 3 hits, 0 walks, 0 and runs. He did this over 44 pitches, Zach Greinke did. So, Zach Greinke, I just want to understand this. Tossed 5 innings of shutout ball across 44 pitches. Did not have an injury. And they pulled him. It's like the most old man energy you can think of. Of like, yeah, I'm good. You know, no, nah, it's alright. I don't need to throw anymore. I got my 5 innings. Okay, see you, bye, you know, like, totally checked out, like, done doing the bare minimum, unbelievable, like, you never see this, you never see five shoutout innings under 50 pitches, where it's not, like, a pitch count, or injury risk, or anything like that, like, this is just, it's insane to me, whatever. Eric Lauer, 4.2 innings, zeroed runs, but there were four unearned runs inside of cores. Four hits, four walks, six Ks. At least he's at 91, 92 instead of 90. But yeah, Eric Lauer is not the thing we want to chase. Remember, last year he was 94 from Eric Lauer. He is not that same guy, and I don't think he's nearly as effective. Clark Schmidt against the Guardians, 4.1 innings, zeroed runs, six hits, two walks, four Ks. He's just not doing enough. He just isn't doing enough. Eight base runners in about four innings is so not worth your time. Michael Lorenzen against the Mets. I'm glad it worked out for him. Seven innings, one run, four hits, two walks, one strikeout. How am I going to butter my bread with this? He was hinting at the Blake Snell blueprint with a ton of called strikes with sliders down and then good amount of fastballs up. Maybe that works. I don't want to go into this in any way in 12-teamers right now. Marcus Stroman against the Nationals. Six innings, one earned run, five hits, three walks, five Ks. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do against the Nationals. That's Marcus Stroman. Good old Holly that is a step above a Toby. Seth Lugo went against the Reds. Did the same thing as Stroman here. You're supposed to win against the Reds at home and not in Cincinnati. And That's what he did. Got the win. Six innings, one earned run, seven hits and two walks. That is a bad whip. Five Ks. With six whiffs, 29% CCW, 97 pitches is what he does. He's a Toby. Not as good as Stroman. Gets the Twins up next. I'm not really a huge fan of that, but I can see that working out. Ace is going to ace for Shane McClanahan. He's amazing. And then there's Mitch Keller. And I have a large rant, or really just a ramble about Mitch Keller. I, I really did some digging here. And I think we got to talk about this for a little bit longer. So we're going to do that after this break.
0: Fads come and go That's nOom.com to sign up for your trial today. So Mitch Keller went against the Rays.
1: I have been a, a descender. What's it, a dissenter? I've not been an advocate for Mitch Keller this season. And especially against the Rays, I just couldn't jump in. Five innings, one earned run, five hits, one walk. So 1.2 whip, but eight strikeouts, 10 whiffs, 29% CSW, 100 pitches. This is against one of the best offenses in the majors right now. And so I I really have been just, what is it that I'm missing about Mitch Keller? Because what happens is I see these starts. He's not getting all of the whiffs. He's especially not getting them on his secondaries, that is the breaking balls. He's throwing a lot of pitches comfortably in the zone and in locations that generally should get beat, but he's not really getting beat by it. And this is what I found. Sub 20% hard contact rate across all of his pitches. Especially fastballs. It's like 95th percentile hard contact on the four-seamer. Which is insane. Cutter is sub-10%. Which is insane. And what Keller has done is he introduced this cutter. To throw about 15% of the time or so. But it's getting strikes. And it's allowed him to take a step back with the four-seamer. As far as usage goes. And it's been a really exceptional pitch. Uh, 35%. CSW crossed the full season, so that's a 90th percentile CSW on the four-seamer. 39% CSW in this one. Keller, Mitch Keller is throwing sinkers for called strikes. 33% called strike rate thus far is staggering. Absolutely staggering. So what I think is going on is that Mitch Keller innately has a good fastball, a four-seamer. But batters were able to sit on it last year. And in years prior, and without the slider really being this dependable offering, same with the curveball, he didn't have a way to keep batters honest. So, what I think is happening is that he introduced this cutter and the sinker, and in tandem, everything is working. As it comes out of his hand, they don't know where the pitch is gonna go. Cutters generally look like four seamers, two seamers kinda look like four seamers. It's these three pitches that are all in the zone, but they're going in different directions. And they aren't missing bats because it's not this dramatic change of movement. But it's enough to avoid the barrel that it's throwing guys off. And I love the fact that the four-seamer is not 40% usage. It's like 25% usage. So he really is mixing this up a lot. And I this is my best guess to it. I really think that Keller is doing a really good job of mixing these pitches together and throwing enough strikes that he can rely on all of them and each of these games. Now, I do think there is going to be some regression. I don't think the cutter is going to be a 1.5. Uh, a, a one fifty BABIP. I don't think that all of these pitches are going to be this good of a hard contact rate. Like he has a fifteen percent hard contact rate so far this year, um, which is like sixth best in the majors. And keep in mind, generally when we see at the end of the year what the good hard contact rates are, it's normally like twenty percent. Like the best guys are like eighteen percent. Like the absolute elites. But 20% is still like, oh man, that's really good. Most guys settle to be like 23, 24, 25, something like that. So Mitch Keller at 15%, likely not going to stick around. But that is my assessment right now, Mitch Keller. I would normally do like a going deep on this. (laughs) But that's really, that's it. I'm going to be watching more Mitch Keller personally, really like putting on my scouting visor. But I guess I do believe in this. I guess it is the time that I'm like, okay, I know that I know that you can't get him now. Um and it does and generally when I when I talk about it this way, if you noticed, I don't really talk about other guys in this way, because it's generally something that doesn't stick as well as others, and it's pretty much saying that Mitch Keller has good enough control and that he has perfect sequencing. And perfect sequencing is a very tough thing. Only like the legends of pitchers are like good sequencing, like really exceptional sequencing guys. Um, so it's not really a thing that I normally like betting on. But I have to acknowledge, like this is at the very least is an absolute Vargas rule, right? At the very minimum, it's that right now. And hopefully this is something that sticks through the year for Mitch Keller. So I apologize that I wasn't in early enough for you to get him on your fantasy teams. But that's, you know, this is my system. And I'm going to generally not... Chase something like Mitch Keller, because for all the Mitch Kellers that happen like this with this formula, there are a lot of others that just fail. <laughs> so, uh, I I missed this one. It's how it goes. Jake Irvin, by the way, he also had his debut yesterday among all the prospect pitchers. 4.1 innings, four, one earned run. He actually did better than all the others, surprisingly enough. And yeah, you don't want to do this. He chucks 92-93. There really isn't anything here. He pitches for the Nationals against the Cubs. This is not something you like. I will say, I do like his mechanics. He's very much like completely straight, nothing violent on the release. But then again, he had four walks, so who cares? Shane Bieber against the Yankees. Eight innings, two in runs, five hits, one walk because it's the Yankees right now. But then four Ks because it's Shane Bieber right now. Uh, his slider, what was it? Four whiffs, I think it was. Um, 47% usage and four whiffs. Like, it's not... It's not the beer of old, but he's still very good, but he's just not an ace. Logan Webb against the Astros, 7.2 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, 5 Ks, as he went opposite Framber Valdez, and I feel like they're the same guy. I've always thought this. I mean, maybe Valdez now has a little bit more strikeout potential with his curveball being better than Webb's changeup and slider. But yeah, both of them went. They both did what they were supposed to do. That's good. Logan Webb honestly gets more credit because he had to deal with the Astros. Um, Logan Gilbert went against the Athletics, did the right stuff. 5.1 innings, two and runs, three hits, two walks, five ks A little bit of careful Icarus as he allowed those two runs in the sixth inning. I'm curious to see if that curveball is actually going to be taking that step forward. Um, that was the main secondary pitch, way more than the others. Maybe there's something there. We'll see. Alec Manoa against the Red Sox. Five innings, two and runs. Yes! Eight hits, one walk, no. Three K's, no, three whiffs, no. 103 pitches for five innings. No! 20% CSW! He's not there. He's not there, guys. Um, <laughs> He's really struggling. He let 200 runs, and there's three unearned along the way. So maybe you could say the hits, fine, and whatever. But still, ugh, Manoa is not the guy that he used to be. And I'd rather chase Bryce Miller, guys, than Alec Manoa. Nick Pavetta against the Jays. He did the best on his slider I've seen in ages. 11 over 32 whiffs. 41% CSW. That is interesting. And if Nick Mavetta is turning into like a 25% fastball guy all of a sudden. Throwing curveballs and sliders. There might actually be something. Because this, the four-seamer has been a good stuff pitch. And if he saves it. Maybe. This might actually be the time to chase Nick Mavetta. But then of course next start he's going to throw like 10 sliders. So you know what? I can't say that. But. Uh, Uh, You know, this was against the Jays. He got the win. Poor quality start of six innings and 300 runs. Five hits, one walk in six Ks. Uh. Miles Michaelis against the Angels. 5.2 innings, 300 runs, eight hits, zero walks, five Ks, ten whiffs. Don't care. Sorry, he gets the Cubs, uh, Red Sox, and Dodgers next, and I'm just not in for that. Luis Sessa should be Andrew Abbott. Not doing that one. Kyle Wright was removed from his game against the, the Marlins with another shoulder injury. He's on the IL. Dylan Dodd. He's taking his spot. And we're going to talk about him in the streamers soon, so don't worry about that. Wait a sec for that one. Um, Mike Soroka allowed eight earned runs in his previous outing in AAA, so we might not be getting him. We might be getting Dodd for a little bit. Um, we'll talk about that soon. Aaron Nola against the Dodgers. 6.1 innings, four earned in runs, seven hits, zero walks, five keys. Oh, man. 41% CSW, though, on the curve, and that's encouraging. Since the change. It was a sub-20% CSW. Is his Sinker and Fastball just not as good? dominant as it used to be it's not getting the same uh it, it's just not the same right now and i'm a little worried about it um yeah that's that i'm a little worried he's losing his ace is gonna ace label just so you guys know Shohei otani isn't he got a golden goal 19 with 41 csw but foreign runs six base runners in five innings but 13ks so whatever Pair of home runs are stupid, and that's that. Dylan Cease didn't do well against the Twins. He's in that moment of a valley where he doesn't have his fastball and curveball working. Slider whiffs result there and everything. He just needs to have his curveball and fastball location better. He's been a little bit shaky for the past month, and uh, he doesn't have his ace. is going to ace label. He should get it back. Or at least he should be better than this. Louis Varland, um... (sighs) I, I I was really disappointed because Varland was throwing 96 in that first start of the year across 80 plus pitches. And I thought that's what we were gonna see today. Now 40% CSW and 15 whiffs is much better than the 4.2 innings, 4-and runs, 7 hits, 2 walks, 6Ks from Louis Varland, right? But that it was against the White Sox. And the fact that Varland isn't at 96 to me just makes it so I'm just not that interested against the Padres and the Cubs next. Um, it's just not the thing I want. 43% CSW on the cutter is nice. It was a good location for it. But I feel like if I'm chasing Louis Varland, I need to see that 96 fastball. And the 94.5, I think is just not as good. He didn't really locate it well either. It's, ah, uh, I, I, there might be a time that I'm back in on Louis Varland, but right now I think I'm out. Um, Joey Lucchesi against the Tigers didn't do well, and he's not going to be in the rotation anymore. Joey Wentz didn't do well. Against the Mets, of course you don't do this at uh, you don't do this against the Mets. Joey Wentz, maybe the worst offense, but I really don't want to do it. Kyle Gibson hasn't done well now against two week offenses. See, this was the the Royals. He went six point two innings with zero strikeouts and one whiff. How? I don't know. Uh, Andrew Heaney, super disappointing. Allowed tons of home runs. Four point two innings, six earned runs for its four walks, five Ks, and it's really frustrating. He's back to his cherry bomb self. That that's it. I mean, he gets the mayors up next and then athletics and rocky road. So you might want to hold on just for that stretch. But honestly, like you can let go of Andrew Heaney if there's something great to chase. Like one of these amazing prospect guys, like the good ones. Uh, yeah. Max Scherzer against the Tigers. I'm sorry. It didn't work out. It'll be fine. And Braxton Garrett. Oh boy, you didn't do this, right? I said he was a do not start. 1100 runs in 4.1 innings against Atlanta. Oh boy. Braxton Garrett's going to actually be productive during the year. Just so you know, at certain times. So don't completely like axe him out on your streamer list, but like, this was against Atlanta. You knew to avoid this. I'm looking forward to today. Kevin Gosman, Pablo Lopez, George Kirby, Grayson Rodriguez, all easy starts against good matchups. Jesus Lazardo gets Atlanta, and I'm still making this an auto start. Justin Verlander returns from the IL. I'm making it an auto start against the Tigers. You are going to start Justin Verlander. If you have him, you're going to be pumped about it. He's going to go five innings. You're going to do it. Probable starts here. Lucas Giolito against the Twins. I think he's looked better than I... Uh, he's looked good enough to make this worthwhile. Jack Flaherty has been much better across his last four starts. And now he gets the Angels. It's okay. I think I do it. I don't love all of these. Uh, Zach Eflin against Pittsburgh. I guess I'm going to do it. And then Griffin Canning is a stream pick of the day against the Cardinals. He's 25% slider, uh, fastball usage. I like that. And Eduardo Rodriguez against the Mets. It could work out. The Mets are actually not looking great right now offensively. So maybe I should be pushing this into the uh, the probable start tier. Um, Vince Velasquez against the Razor, I'm not doing. And Dylan Dodd against the Marlins hasn't looked good in AAA. Uh, but it is the Marlins. And I feel like there's, I don't know, I just feel good about this one of Dylan Dodd having that redemption start in the majors. Like, this is it. You're back. I picked him up. In the Legacy League because I I want that start. I just I need another start. It's a pretty barren wire right now. So I'm taking a chance here. Not just for this one. But like if this is a really good one. It might make us more encouraged moving forward. So I picked him up and I'm letting him ride in it. And crossing my fingers. Uh, and the do not start tier. Jameson Tyone um, against the Nationals is still ill. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I feel like it's not going to be very long of a start. They don't want to over. You don't want to push him as he's coming from a groin injury. Um, so that's a still ill there. Brian Bayo, uh, Jordan Lyles, Wade Miley, Patrick Corbin, Connor Siebold, and Drew Rysinski rounded out. You don't want to do these. Wade Miley, maybe, but it's course. So no, we're not doing that. Looking forward to tomorrow. Clayton Kershaw, Corbin Burns, Max Freed, Luis Castillo. Keep in mind that Max Freed is going tomorrow, not today, because of Dylan Dodd. The whole thing happened where they needed to replace um, uh, Kyle Wright, and Dylan Dodd slotted in now. So they decided to pull it bring him up now and then push back everybody a day. Uh, Luis Castillo, Zach Wheeler, Christian Javier, Hunter Green, Justin Steele, Jordan Montgomery are all very clear auto starts, especially with Steele Montgomery getting the Marlins and Tigers. In the probable start tier, you have a mix here. You have guys who are veterans who we expect to do well generally, but they get rough matchups. And then you have the lower ceiling... Um, but decent floor guys at the end. And there's also Kodai Senga against the Rockies. So Musgrove, Bassett, Lynn, Eovaldi, Saylor, all of these guys without the best matchups. I mean, all of them get some contentious thing of the Dodgers in Pittsburgh and in Cincinnati and the Angels and Phillies. I'm starting them if I have them. I, I, I know it's risky for like Chris Sale against the Phillies, but I think fortune is going his way. Lance Lynn is looking much better. Musgrove, I'm waiting just one start for him to be really good before I put him into the auto start tier. And Chris Bassett is better than that first inning hand had last time out. At the bottom of the tier, it's Josiah Gray, Merrill Kelly, and our stream pick of the day, Bailey Ober. Josiah Gray and Merrill Kelly are going against each other, so that's Gray against the Dimebacks and Kelly against the Nationals. Josiah Gray has been really good with that fastball the last two starts. Slider is being much more of a prominent pitch. It isn't actually getting as many strikes as I thought it was. Um, I did a thing for Masson, and I checked afterwards. I was like, wait a second. No, the slider isn't as many strikes as I thought. Much lower zone rate. But it's still a very good pitch mix for Josiah Gray at the moment. Also, the introduction of the cutter is helping him get more strikes. And then you have Merrill Kelly against the Nationals, which is a pretty safe play for a Toby. If you have a Toby like Merrill Kelly, this is the start that you start him for. And Bailey Ober against the Guardians. The Guardians are not a good offense right now. And Bailey Ober is someone who should be fine. I don't think he has a massive ceiling here, of like six innings, eight Ks or something. I think that's a small chance, uh, but this should be a productive start for you. In the questionable start tier, Sean Mania is going against the Brewers, and I wanted to put this in the probable start tier, but he has yet to really excel, and I think this is the beginning of Mania actually being good. He's still at 94 miles per hour. The Giants need him in this rotation. He has a good matchup against the Brewers. This is finally like, hey, Sean Maniah, go and do your thing. That this is the beginning, I think, of a positive trend for Sean Manaya. You have Eric Cabrera against the Cubs. He's too volatile for me, and the Cubs are a good offense. Matthew Boyd against the Cardinals, but Boyd doesn't have slider whiffs and it makes me very concerned. Payne Banfield against the Twins. Maybe he has his cutter whiffs and that works. Brad Keller against Oakland. He has not looked sharp at all with this stuff, but it's Oakland. And Tyler Anderson has had a much better changeup, but it's against the Rangers. In the do not start tier, Kyle Muller against the Royals. Do not do that. Rich Hill against the Jays, no thank you. Dean Kramer against Atlanta, absolutely not. Johnny Brito against the Rays, his ceiling is so limited against the Rays. Antonio Sensatella is returning. Congrats, Sensei. It's good to see you again. He's going against the Mets and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you start everybody against the Mets. It's Antonio Sensatella coming back from Tommy John. Okay? Okay. And Yanni Chirinos against the Yankees. I believe it is Tommy John. It's a very serious injury that he had. I think it was TJS. Whatever, he's making his debut and no. And whatever the Rays are doing, I don't want to touch. But all right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support for getting PL Plus and PL Pro. I'm so excited for the things that we're going to be launching with PL Pro in the future. Uh, I'm, I'm starting the initial plans for some ridiculous things that begin in 2025, if you can believe it. And thank you all so much for the support of it because you guys getting those subscriptions is allowing us to make those products way better for you. So your investment is going to pay off for you and also it's just supporting what we do. So thank you all so much for doing that. And that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your balance be low and your strike outside.